The taller woman here is Amelia Nelson. That was taken at the conclusion of the Boston Marathon from this past week. A year ago, she didn't run the Boston Marathon like she did this last week. She was a volunteer in the medical tent. A medical professional, she was there to make sure at the end line that the runners were not in any kind of physical jeopardy from the taxing endurance race that they had just run. About 2 p.m., she remarked to one of her fellow volunteers that it had been an entirely unremarkable day. And then, as we all know, just a few minutes later, Two bombs went off, and it was chaos and blood and fear and carnage. And Amelia Nelson dove right in. She headed straight for the wounded that she could see. There's that uh, Mr. Rogers quote that comes up at times of national tragedy that when he asked his parents when he was young and growing up, when I'm afraid in difficult times, who do I look for? Who do I trust? And his father said, run toward or look at the people who are running toward where the difficulty is. Those are the heroes. Amelia Nelson was one of those heroes. For hours she was bandaging and caring for the wounded at the site of the Boston Marathon. And then she jumped in an ambulance, the closest ambulance she could find. And took her to hospital where she worked for hours more. Amelia Nelson pressed into dire circumstances. She jumped in. She was prepared when life called out to her for her gifts. This is what I want to talk about today. That in many different ways, being prepared so that when life calls out to us in its many and numerous ways, we will be ready, and that this kind of response is what real freedom is all about. This is the time of the year, especially in the Jewish and the Christian traditions, in which we're on the other side of two of the great stories of freedom, of liberation, Passover in the Jewish tradition, Easter in the Christian tradition. And it's come up a whole bunch over this last uh, week in my email, on Facebook, where I've seen a number of Jewish and Christian spiritual thinkers really write about the fact that, well, we've come off of kind of the high point of our year, tales and stories of wonderful liberation, and yet life is just as difficult as it was before. Life is still tough. Almost this unstated assumption that they're getting in touch with, which is that after you come off the high points, isn't life supposed to be easy? And actually, some people believe it is. That's some folks' kind of spirituality. I read a title, and uh, to be honest with you, a very little bit amount of the book, of a megachurch pastor's book this uh, past week with the title, I just got to laugh, Every Day Can Be Friday. Every day can be Friday. For me, this is lover boy theology. I know not all of you have the early 80s frame of reference. Everybody's working for the weekend from Loverboy. Remember that in the red leather, one of the first videos on MTV? 
Maybe for those of you from a different generation, it's all about, well, you know, Monday, I got Friday on my mind. And for me, actually, it doesn't work at all. Uh, Like, Friday, I've got Monday on my mind, because that's my one guaranteed day off week. But even that, that's a trap, because that's saying, you know, we're giving away most of our lives. Because we're waiting for the time to come up when things are going to be easy. And actually, that sense, every day can be Friday, is an illusion. It is a damaging illusion because it kind of makes the heart cold towards other people who are struggling. Or it can end up making us miserable when we find out that, you know what, sometimes a rotten Tuesday is just a rotten Tuesday. And there is nothing that can take everything away. In fact, that's the seed of addiction. That's the seed of false freedom. That's the seed of illusion. Instead, people like Amelia Nelson and countless others present to us a different, more meaningful kind of freedom. It's what a, a man, a, a Buddhist monk named Sayadaw Pandita, he calls this kind of freedom a heart that is ready for anything. A heart that is ready for anything. That's what today's song, The Soul, is all about. O oh Lord, release my wild soul. Nothing here belongs to us someday we'll all be dust so even if it's dangerous oh lord please release my wild soul what i love about that is that we live under conditions that are always changing this safety this illusory sense that at some point all of life's going to be okay and then we can be happy right doesn't really exist happiness is something different than having everything go our way and i love this phrase it's not oh lord please release my serene soul Oh, Lord, please release my easy soul. Please release my peaceful soul. No, Lord, please release my wild soul. Baked into that is this sense. The soul is already wild. And life is untamed. Nothing here belongs to us. Someday we'll all be dust. It's the domesticity that is the illusion. It's the wildness that is the truth. Now, for good reasons, understandably, domesticity is a part of probably each and every one of our lives. And we want the certain level of freedom in which the wildness will please just be a little bit restrained. And maybe we'll be a little bit safe. It's all right. We all have it. I want it. I yearn for it. I yearn for it too much. Because <laughs> that's the issue. When so much of our lives is about avoiding wildness, then all we look for is the easy stuff. And the stuff that isn't easy might scare us or we turn away from it or we exist in denial with it. This is something that David Foster Wallace wrote about a number of years ago as we turn deeper into the spring. And actually, I think spring is finally, finally here, I hope. We get to this point of the year of commencements. David Foster Wallace had this amazing, this amazing piece at Kenyon College from 2005, the late author did, that has been turned into something you can find on the web called This is the Water. And he talks about these different kinds of freedom. And he said the first kind of freedom, wanting everything to be easy and, you know, life will go okay for us and we can count on security. He says that's the kind of freedom that has a lot to recommend us. And these are his words. That's the freedom, he says, which is all right. But it's the freedom to be lords of our own tiny skull-sized kingdoms alone at the center of all creation. This freedom has much to recommend it. But there are different kinds of freedom. 
and the kind of freedom that is the most precious. You will not hear much talked about in the great outside world of winning and achieving and displaying and acquiring. The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and the ability to truly care. That is the precious kind of freedom. What he's talking about is having a heart ready for anything. And to know that at any moment our souls can be released into the wild when we wake up. Released into the wild, into those places and ways of being that are beyond our control, beyond our assurance, beyond our promise, as much as we might like to believe it, of total, complete lockdown security in which everything's going to go our way. And in that space, when we have a heart that's ready for anything, then we can get to know what real love is like. Then our hearts are open and able to connect. A heart ready for anything is the fruit the fruits of spiritual practice. I'm not talking about any particular kind of spiritual practice. I'm talking about what a real spiritual practice helps us do. It is built on just what David Foster Wallace said, attention, awareness, discipline, effort, and caring. Here's one of the things I know from my regular, daily, cultivated, often pleasant, but also often unpleasant spiritual practice. The preferences I have for how I have to think my life must be or should be or ought to be or what I'm owed or what I'm earned, those preferences start to soften just a bit. Just a bit. And what I find is that the conditions under which I can flourish, not just experience pleasure, the conditions under which I can flourish, expand. Sometimes even the conditions that I fearfully resisted for years. But then maybe a concern arises for you. I know it does for me. If our preferences diminish in intensity, won't our experience of life diminish in intensity? But here's the answer. Not a simple one, but a true one. And maybe some of us already know this. My preferences in life are not the same thing. (laughs) My preferences and life itself are not the same thing. Beyond our preferences, beyond the pleasant, beyond everything going our way, beyond an everyday-can-be-Friday theology, we can find profoundly connective values. And those heighten. Those change us, and those keep our hearts open. We notice what I like to call the ows and the wows. The ows. This hurts, or this hurts others, and I want to pay attention. And the wows. Oh my God, this is amazing. The wild soul can see this wild life, this heart ready for anything, can connect with these things. I'm not just talking about, you know, horrendous acts of evil that, of course, we want to be protected from. And we should do everything possible to prevent those. I'm talking about when you're driving home one night on 202 with the Schuylkill and the traffic absolutely sucks. And you are saying to yourself, This shouldn't be. And you recognize 
that maybe the reason why the traffic is is held up is there has been an accident and you see that accident by the side of the road and it stops you for a moment and your heart opens to whoever is involved in that accident and when you get home or when you get to the next place where you see people you love, you treasure them because you recognize that accident could have been you or it could have been them. That's the wild soul, the heart ready for anything. It's the moment when you're going about your busy day and your call gets interrupted by a friend, a loved one, who says, I need you right now to pay attention because I am struggling. And we set aside our preferences, we set aside our stuff, and we simply listen. That's a heart that's ready for anything. But here's the thing, it's not just the tough stuff, it's also the wows. The amazing stuff as well, too. The great late rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel put it this way. He said to be spiritual is really just this. To be spiritual is to be amazed. Now, sometimes in our time, amazement is associated with, oh, cool. The cool new gadget. The cool new thing I bought. The cool new thing that just looks so awesome. I've been waiting to have it. But to be amazed is not to be hyper-stimulated. Sometimes we confuse that in this day and age in which there's so much new and there's so much novel and there's so much hype. I love what the comedian Louis C.K. said a number of uh, months ago. I think it was on The Tonight Show. He said, everything's amazing and nobody's happy. (laughs) One of the challenges of our time, the amazement, a give me something new, that's all about the amazement of acquisition, but there's a whole different kind of amazement. It's the amazement of seeing what's already here. It's the amazement of participation and involvement and connection with our lives. And I found it this past week through this simple little, this simple little part of creation. Some of you who are on Facebook saw that. A dandelion. I don't know why it was. It's right out here, right out here on the walkway. And by the way, this, this was the first dandelion I spotted. There's like 2,500 dandelions all around it right now, it seems. But this is the first one that I spotted. Now, maybe I spotted this dandelion because... It has been such a cruddy winter. Or maybe I spotted this dandelion because I was preparing to enter the space of leading our mindfulness small group. All I know is that I noticed it and it felt good. To see this little expression of growth, this little bit of bud, this little bit of wildness for this soul that wants to be more wild. Here's what I do know. There is a time in my life and many years in my life in which I would have passed by that dandelion and it would have been totally unrecognized or unrecognizable to me. And thank God, that's not who I am anymore. To be able to realize that as we talk about here in Wellsprings, the burning bush is blazing everywhere. Not long ago and far away in some old story, a burning bush is blazing everywhere, even in a dandelion. And when the wildness of the world opens us to opens up to us and we really see it, we live in that truth and we can fall in love with our lives again. It's what the poet Rumi talked about in these great lines. Out beyond our ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there is a field. There is a field. I'll meet you there. He goes on, when we lie down in that field, the world is too full to even talk about. That field is everywhere. That field is our own hearts. 
wild souls, when we're released to it, can see it and love it. And it changes us. It changes us when we recognize the wildness of the awful and the wildness of the awe. And so I want to conclude by going back to Boston. And this, as some of you might have seen, Boston Strong, the slogan of that traumatized city over this last year. You notice very intentionally I've chosen Boston Strong insignia in all the symbols of their sports teams, starting, yes, even this Yankee fan has to recognize with the Boston Red Sox. And here's another secret this Yankee fan has to tell you. I like Fenway Park so much more than I like your Yankee Stadium. Shh, don't tell anyone. But here's the problem with this. This Boston Strong, this can be a slogan. This can be a slogan that doesn't release us into wildness. It says we're so strong and we'll get over this and we can move on from this and we'll just forget and we won't let it change us. But there's another image from Boston that for me is much more about strength and much more about a heart ready for anything. And it's this. Some of you recognize. Martin Richard. One of the three children killed. One of the three people killed. A child. And this was a sign that Martin Richard had made not long before his death, that no one expected. The sign on there, no more hurting people. And though you may not see it, there's a heart and simply the word peace at the bottom. This is the test of whether we have hearts ready for anything. Do we keep faith with his wish for us? Do we keep working and striving towards the kind of freedom that doesn't promise an easy safety, but promises a profound, unabridgeable connection with this life? To have a heart ready for anything. This is the work of true freedom. And I hope we'll all do it together. Amen. And may you live in blessing. Let's pray together. God, there is no perfect knowledge. There is no perfect preparation. There is no dress rehearsal for this life. There is only our showing up. Our showing up and our showing up and our showing up and our showing up. Because at any moment, our loved ones... Strangers, our neighbors yet to be, our own hearts might be calling out to us from the wild to the wild. Listen, please, we are in need today of soul. There is no total preparation. Yes, we can practice, but ultimately life is with life. May we release ourselves into life today. Amen.